But yeah, and yeah, I think we do still have to have something ridiculous we say and everything. And they're not all going to yeah. be, you know, pure hilarity. And sometimes the, you know, for some, like for the made, some of the major hilarity comes in for the shows that maybe aren't as strong. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and the shows yeah. that stand on their own. So it's okay. And there's, there's yeah. so, there are so many random things that I haven't even started to unpack yet for you. Right. Which that's then. Then the challenge turns to me again to be like, <laughs> I got to figure this out and draw this out of you. Well, um, I mean, we could ask, I could ask you things. We could talk about you too, but why? We could. Why would I don't I, think why? it's as weird. <laughs> I think it is, but I just, really? you know, I find myself far more interesting than anyone else. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that explains it. Well, I mean, we've got seasons and seasons to go. So, I mean. That's true. You know. We don't need to burn all the good material Um, every day there's more being created in both of our worlds the worst part is like i can hear ringo in the background now for some of these really and i'm like oh i know where ringo is (laughs) just like i hear the shake of the collar yeah and it makes me want to install the um fitbark right and just be able to check in see how he's doing i know right see how the little guy's doing (laughs) see how little bug's doing (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious i know someday we're gonna just have an episode that's gonna be like your kids my nieces and nephew and ringo and they're just and ringo all it's gonna be like the little rascals takeover (laughs) right But I feel like it would be like an entire team of Darla's and Spanky's. Like there wouldn't be anybody else. They'd be like all (laughs) at the forefront, much like us. (laughs) (laughs) That's very, very likely. Yeah. And then one day we could have our mother's on, which would be hilarious. You want to really see me crawl under the table and die? Do a very special Mother's Day interview with my mother, the opera singer. Oh, that I would be cool with. No. Um, oh my god! I guarantee now we have to. You, once she finally listens to it, she's gonna go. You know, Heidi Rael, you used the Marriage of Figaro. Oh, and you saw it every single time, and you always fell asleep when I was the Countess. And you know, my job as an opera singer would be quite interesting for your podcast. You're not going to let me use any of that, are you? No, I probably will. I actually probably, you you can use that because I'd say it to her face. (laughs) Either we do it now or Thanksgiving, so why not just rip that bandaid off? one or the other. (laughs) Mother's Day. (laughs) Coming. This is why, with your hosts, Heidi Hedquist and Luke Poling. You've been married for almost 30 years. You have kids, you have grandchildren. What exactly do you tell them that you do for a living? I actually tell them that I am a a clinical sexologist. They are very much aware of it. Yeah, they actually, I just celebrated my 30th anniversary, March 6th. Yes, with a great trip, I think I remember. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Now, how did you get into this? 
<laughs> yes. I've, I've actually always studied sexuality ever since I was a young, even preteen. I would steal my parents' book and, and read them and try to figure out the difference between an orgasm and a climax because it wasn't quite descriptive. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So I've always had an interest in sexuality. I was that friend that everyone would come to and talk to. And then I started actually studying for a hobby. And so it just kind of progressed where I continued to study and study and talk and give people advice. And so then I moved into opening a company called Private Affairs, which was an adult novelty company. Now, mind you, I have never been to a sex toy party before. <laughs> but I just said, you know what, I'm going to get this, these products and I'm just going to teach and talk. And what I found was, was that people always said, I've never been to a party quite like this. <laughs> I'm bad. <laughs> like, this is way more than they bargained for. <laughs> yeah, way more. Because in addition to showing the products, I would teach, okay, you can do this with the product. You can put the product there. And then the other thing was, was that when we would get back into the, the room where they placed the order, it became more of a, a counseling session, for a lack of a, a lack of a better word. People would ask me all kinds of questions that they were afraid to ask during the actual party itself. And so I started thinking, like, gosh, where do where would one go to ask these types of questions without feeling like they're being judged or shamed and things like that? So I started researching the products and then switch from some of the products because a lot of those adult novelty toys are are not made out of body safe materials so you have to really get quality toys so i switched switched from that and then started moving into the the coaching piece of it and really talking through and doing workshops teaching techniques and so that's how i ended up uh here where i am now <laughs> a lot of people are hesitant to talk about sex why is that how do you break down those barriers that have been there for decades? I think what happens is, is that people can tell when they, when they talk to you and you talk so freely and openly, I talk very, very candidly. I, I try to be very caring when I'm talking and very understanding, non-judgmental, and mm -hmm. people tend to just open up. And I've always, I think it's a gift. That's what a lot of friends tell me that it's a gift because it's always been that way. Where complete strangers would start telling me all about their sex life and I've known them for like five minutes. Right. And, well, <laughs> so, and we were thinking about that. Like it must be so difficult for you just when you're, or maybe it's not difficult, but I would have to imagine everywhere you go, whether it's someone you know well or someone you're just meeting for the first time, they have to corner you and ask you everything they've ever wanted to know about sex. Yes, yes. If I'm, I mean, it happens when I'm getting a Brazilian wax. It's happening when I'm getting <laughs> sure. uh, my nails done. Right? It's happening when I'm getting my hair done. It happens. <laughs> Constantly, and you know, I really just gotten to the point where I'm starting to stop that because yeah. I find that I'm doing a lot of coaching. You know, I'm paying for a service that I'm getting done, but yet I'm giving away my services right. <laughs> for <Yep>. free constantly. <laughs> and then sometimes I just want a massage. I don't want to talk about it. Exactly. I always just want a massage, <laughs> right? <laughs> want anything else just the massage <laughs> just the massage I don't want to talk I just want to feel yes so but yeah I do get lots of when they find out what I do if I say I'm a sex coach and I go by sex coach Kane 
they always say, well, let me ask you a question. And that really confirms that we need to have these types of conversations. It's so true. You know, people, I mean, how do, how do you learn about sex? You know, were you guys taught about sex? Oh, no, I was like, in school? I was like you. I was, parents? Stealing, I was stealing the Joy of Sex book with all the hairy people from the 70s <laughs> and figuring it out. <laughs> and I was watching Dynasty peeking through the holes in the Afghan. <laughs> I had it all figured out. <laughs> but you're right. It is something that, you know, is so taboo, yet it is something that is so important to you know, pretty much everyone or should be. And, but how do we do, you know, beyond someone, cause I would, I would think of course, once they get to you, they're going to open up to you, but I feel having the, the bravery to contact you has to be the hardest part. And how do you get people to feel that brave? I think what happens is, and surprisingly, most of my business come through my Instagram. Sure. Hmm. Your pretty Instagram much. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much. Yes, I would say 98% of people find me through Instagram and 98% of the clients come through Instagram um, or it's a referral. Maybe someone has been to my workshops or something like that and then they will say you have to call Kane to come out and teach. And yeah. so because your, um, your Instagram, part of what makes it just for people who haven't seen it. One of the things I noticed when we first connected with you, I mean, you put it all out there. You you tell I mean you you put tips out there that you know people are thinking about but no one will ask and Exactly. It's great. I mean right I mean I was cuz you know my job as Luke's co-host is to try to <laughs> embarrass him the way he embarrasses me on a regular basis. I'm like, yeah, did you know that what you eat is like totally going to affect how you smell and taste? Let's find Kane's Instagram today. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's awesome because people in a very, you know, can they just be scrolling through their feed and nobody knows what they're looking at or learning. <laughs> yes, yes. And then, it, you know, another very interesting thing about that Instagram is is that a lot of people make dummy accounts and they'll send me a message. This is a dummy account, Kay, but I won't need to ask you a question. Sure. <laughs> and I don't want anyone to know that I'm asking this, this question. But, you know, so because most people find me through Instagram, they already know. They, they're reading my content. My name, my Instagram is Sex Coach Kane, so they know exactly what they're getting. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So and so, and I think it's the candidness. I think that people see that, I mean, it's such a passion for me. It, it is such a passion for me. And I just feel like, why should we be ashamed? We should be able to have these conversations. And who are you going to ask these questions to? Right. Right. Let's talk about some of the workshops that you offer. There's yes. adult conversations. So does that mean you can help me talk to my mortgage company? <laughs> <laughs> and if no, then what does that mean? Um, no, no, not the mortgage company. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, the conversation parties, I love conversation parties. And I like the co-ed conversation parties the best. So basically what it is, is is that people bring me in to facilitate a conversation. And so they can ask anything. When I say anything, they can ask me anything. And it's a, it's a collaborative type thing. So it's an interactive workshop where someone may ask a question. Like I'll give you an example. We were at one and the guy um, was talking about when a, a woman performs oral sex on him, grabbing her head and pressing her down 
So mm-hmm. all of the women, all of the women was like, no, don't put your head on the back of my head. So what ends up happening is it becomes a conversation where you're getting various perspectives. And the reason why I do that is so that people can see that there isn't a one size fit all when it comes to sexuality. So one person may like it this way, another person may like it another way, and then I'll come from more of a uh, clinical or, 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 or expertise standpoint, and I may explain more. So people, like I said, they ask all types of questions, and they can get their answers, and it's a very lighthearted. Usually I'll start off anonymous questions, but that doesn't last long once we get going. Right. <laughs> Everyone's like, screw it, we're in it now. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start those parties off. Every party, I always start off, you know, telling people that, you know, this is a judgment-free zone, and you're, ab- I'm absolutely going to say something that you're probably not into yet, yet, yet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just give it time. <laughs> you know exactly. But there's probably someone in the room that wants these conversations, and I mean, I will if I'm doing the event. I tell people that I will ask them or invite them to leave if this is something that they can't handle or if I feel like they're being judgment and changing the energy of the room. Sure. So do you have to have that yeah. conversation often? I'm sorry. Do you have to have that conversation often? No, not at all. I start off and I explain what I do. I explain what, you know, everyone knows where we're at. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not at the Tupperware party. You know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> you know, because you, you're trying to create this safe container. And you're trying to create, like, you can't come late. If you're late, you, you're not allowed in. Because, again, we're creating this safe container for people to be able to express themselves. And so those, that's where the conversation party is. Nice. Are these groups of people who know each other? Are they friends? Because I would think that would be harder to break through that because you might not want to look stupid in front of your neighbors. Some are friends. Some don't know each other. Like I went to one event and um, it was actually a guy who um, booked me to come in and do a conversation party. And most of the people did not know each other. But again, after 10 minutes, it was... (laughs) Everyone was talking. And I try to be transparent, too. I share some personal things to try to make people feel comfortable and and, and that they can relate to as well. I know there are no dumb questions, but (laughs) have you gotten a few at times where you're just like, really? We're here? Uh, Yes. Yeah, I've gotten some. I'm trying to think of some. And one person, I received one through my DM once, and they sent me a message like, did you think this was a joke question? And so I asked, I said, is this a joke question? (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, "Uh, no, Kate, it's it's a real question. And I said, okay, okay. You know, people ask all types of things. Like, can you um, get pregnant from oral sex? like things like that I was doing one event and this woman she was uh, 35 years old and she asked what's a clitoris oh dear 
And so in the event, people were like, oh, my God, and I, you know, I had to settle them down. And I went into great detail explaining to her the importance and why she needs to get to know her clitoris. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to figure that one out right away. <laughs> but, but, I mean, if she doesn't know, she doesn't know. Right. Of right. course. You know, and I want people to feel, and I didn't feel that that was a, a dumb question, but um, I have had some that were that were a little like, hmm. You know, yeah. Somebody's been underserved. Right. Educationally. Some, well, some of, sometimes I think what it is is it's not so much as the underserved. Sometimes the questions I don't know if they're serious or they're just trying to get a response from me. Sure. Mm. That's where the problem comes in because if someone asks me a question and they just don't know, I don't mind answering it at all. But if you're just trying to elicit a conversation or get a response from me. Those are the ones that yeah. I have a challenge with, you know? Yeah. How, but, how do you decipher? How do you figure that out? That's hard. Yeah. Because I get so many DMs, I don't answer them all. Sure. So, and I'll wait to see if they respond. Or sometimes I'll send a message back. Like, Can you explain? What do you mean? You know, what is what is it that you're asking or I don't understand? Sure. You know, and then sometimes they'll go somewhere to the left and then I'll know at that point and they yeah. may have to be blocked. Yeah, like, <laughs> you can't play anymore. <laughs> Thanks for trying. <laughs> wow. Have you ever found um, anyone that, that really just, you just couldn't loosen them up? You couldn't get them comfortable with any form of sexuality? Is there any sort of lost causes you've come in contact with? Fortunately, not yet. Good. Not yet. Because one of the things when it comes to coaching, there is a... Um, we we do a meeting first and we kind of sit down and we talk to see whether or not we're a good fit. There are certain people that are just not coachable. And if they're not coachable, it's no sense to me even starting the process sure. with you. So, you know, you don't want to invest that type of time in trying to to help someone. And they truly, they say they want to be helped, but they're not willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So, a client like that I won't even work with or or a client that I feel that is getting sexual gratification for talking to me. Right. And not really there to reach their their sexual goals, then that's cut off. Yeah. No, that's not going to work either. Oh, now, yeah, that's you... not going to work. <laughs> now, with your coaching, are you there with like a Gatorade bottle and a whistle or am I just <laughs> misconstruing your use of the word coach? <laughs> my coaching is done via skype actually okay <laughs> you're still not answering my question but <laughs> well well no sometimes there has been times where i've i've been you know like i've had people that wanted to learn specific techniques so i would walk them through those techniques specifically on skype okay that involved that hands-on for lack of a better term I call it observational mainly mm -hmm. because I, I don't do, there are sex coaches who have a hands-on, hands-in approach. Right. You know, I do more talk coaching. Sure. I don't touch my clients. Right. Right. And you do coaching both individuals and couples, correct? And couples, yes. Okay. Do you, is, do you, if, if, do you feel one is more beneficial than the other or... Well, it depends on the dynamic of of their situation. Sure. Um, if it's a, if it's a couple, sometimes 
instances if one come in, you can kind of do some reframing that can overall help the situation, but sometimes both need to come in. Sure. You know, sometimes you may have a situation where, say, if a, a person with a, a, a vulva is trying to orgasm and they're mm-hmm. having challenges orgasm, and the reason they're having challenges orgasming is because they're having issues in the relationship or they have some unresolved issues or they're just too, they can't let go. You know, it depends on what the situation is. You know, it, it's, it's so highly individualized. Sure. Is there a common issue that people are coming to you needing help with that you're seeing is sort of uh, oh, this is something people are just unfamiliar with? Well, typically people are like, for example, male-bodied people. They're they're mainly coming for early ejaculation and erectile dis- dysfunction erection challenges and they're also coming because they're looking for um, techniques or enhanced pleasure mm-hmm. when you're when you're talking about women mm-hmm. you're you're dealing more with uh, low or no sexual desire you're dealing with um, issues experiencing an orgasm um, they may have body issues and sexual inhibitions and they too may want to learn different techniques and things like that are, have you noticed sort of any um, trends in things that people are wanting to learn about? Like, are there any, you know, even for going back to the waxing, right? There are different trends in, in body hair that come and go through the years. Are there certain trends that are sort of, is there a particular sexual position or proclivity that's sort of having a moment in 2019? <laughs> <laughs> I can't say that I've noticed that. <laughs> I cannot say that I've noticed that. Okay. I mean, I do have a, a a fellatio master class coming out, and I get tons and tons of questions on fellatio. So that's what made me decide to to create an online course because there's a lot of people. I had a couple people said they were going to travel to Detroit to come to the class, but nice. you know, which I was you know so humbled. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, so I decided to create a create a, a comprehensive blowjob course. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, blowjobs never go out of style. They're they always in fashion. Always, you know. <laughs> and then when I tell people, okay, I'm going to teach you 20 different blowjob techniques, and then I'm going to teach you 10 different novelty techniques, then I'm going to teach you the hand jobs to go, you know, they're like, what? 20? <laughs> That's awesome. You said this is a master class. Is that for the overachievers? or? Is- <laughs> This is definitely for, you know, you're going to be super head when you get done. That's for sure. <laughs> I hope they get a t-shirt that says that. <laughs> Look, they do get a certificate that says headmaster. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. And then the next thing that I'm, I'm really, that's, that's my next big assignment after I finish this. I've been working on promising this release of this masterclass for the longest, so I'm hoping to get it done this, this month. But the other thing that's near and dear to my heart that I get tons and tons of questions on is um, small penises. So I want to do something on small penis empowerment. Love it. Yep. So yeah, it's a lot of, lot of um, you know, there's a lot of shame surrounding it. I get a lot of questions from partners asking me what positions can they do? What can they do to enhance it? You know, uh, the male body person is asking what they can do. So I really want to do something where I teach them this is how you can still have a beautiful sex life regardless of your penis size. That doesn't define pleasure. You can still have a great sex life no matter what your penis size is. 
I would imagine for that one, the the sign outside the door would have to have some sort of code name, just because of the <laughs> ego. Just because of the ego issue. Just because of the ego. <laughs> no, that one would be purely online. I'm that, not going to do it. It's purely online, that makes and then sense. it's going to be a, a, a it's going to be a a, a a private community is what I'm envisioning. That's smart yep. as well, but it's going to be totally online. So you know, we don't face those shame that shame yeah no that mm-hmm. totally makes sense <laughs> i love it so have you ever met someone who is just bad at the sex oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, and i'm gonna tell you you know i, I think one of the uh, and i don't know if it's, it's because what i do but i get lot of of male body people telling me how wonderful they are in bed and how they can make the, (laughs) oh, I can make you orgasm. I can lick you here and have you seeing star. That is such like, (laughs) (laughs) because when you switch partners, it's totally different. You could be super bad at the partner before you and get to your next partner and be horrible. Well, I think that's a misconception that I think that's something that people don't realize that is such the case, right? It's just like if you're dancing, you might be great dancing with one person and terrible with the next. It's very individualized. But what I find is, is the person, no matter what the gender is, when they say they know everything or (laughs) I'm good, I don't need any help. When they say that. Usually that's the indicator. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That is an indicator. And I can tell you, I know a lot about sex. And I'd never say that I'm the, I know everything. <laughs> and I know a lot. <laughs> right. How much is the field changing and expanding? I mean, it seems like all medical fields, there's constant developments and people are learning new things. Are you seeing that in the sex, sex ed field? Oh my goodness, yes, because sex coaching is is a relatively new field. It's a relatively new field. You know, it's not like I'm not a sex therapist. I'm a a clinical sexologist and and a sex coach. So it's now a lot of people getting into the field. But unfortunately, this field is not regulated. It's not a regulated field. So a lot of times I tell people, you know, if you're going to see a sex coach. Anybody can call. You can read two books and call yourself a sex coach. <laughs> you know, but I, I often tell people, talk to someone that's certified. Talk to someone who has been through an extensive training program that has some background because it is, I thought I knew a lot about sex until I really started getting mentors and doing formal training. It's a lot to it. And so how so much training what, have you had? Well, I've been studying for... Uh, it's been, oof. I want to say it's been over 15 years. I've done um, my certification through uh, with Patty Britton and Sex, Sex Coach University. Mm-hmm. I've done, um, I've worked with Reed Mahelko. I've worked with, it's just been a number. I've done Tantra. I've done Cognitive Behavior Coaching. I've done, you know, just a, a number of different things. Mm-hmm. In addition to my just, personal research constantly (laughs) you know when you're doing this you're you're always a student you really are you're always a student there's always certain something to learn when we talk about sexuality as an art form it's something that we learn Mm -hmm. 
And so you can really enjoy so much more when I start talking about systemic orgasms, where you have full body orgasms. Saying what? (laughs) 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 Yeah, so it is doing a shift um, to where people are, like, say, therapists and things like that, are referring their clients to sex coaches because sex coaches can do a little bit more. We are very interactive. Like a sex coach will go to a sex toy store with you. Now, a therapist can't go to a sex toy store. Right. Yeah. Right. Where a, where a sex coach, if say, for instance, if I'm, I'm teaching masturbation practices or something like that, I may go to the store and say, okay, here are the products. Let's look at, you know, what you'll be comfortable and help you buy that toy. So it's very, very interactive. More so than a sex therapist. Far. Yeah, right. it, it, it very much so. And then it, the other difference is, is that we're a therapist, they, you know, they work more with what happened in the past. A, a person such as myself will start from where you are right now, and take you to where you want to go. So if you have a goal that you want to um, maintain your erection longer, we're going to work so you can have that happen. Now, if you're experiencing depression or something as a result of this, then I have to refer you to a therapist. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't work, I work with well people for a lack of a better word. If you have more deep rooted challenges, then I would refer you to a therapist or work in conjunction with that therapist. Makes sense. Hmm. What is so one... it's a little... okay. No, go ahead. No, it's a little different because as I mentioned, you're going to with a sex coach like for my with my page i'm going to tell you this is what this is the technique you need to try tonight mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm very specific on what you should do <laughs> i love it so what is i know it's all so individual and there's and i'm going to ask something that's really annoying in generalizing but what is the one piece of advice you would just give people in general about their sexuality, whatever it may be. Learn your body. Learn what brings you pleasure. If you don't know what brings you pleasure, how is your partner going to help you achieve pleasure? That's the number one thing. And masturbate. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) Yes. But uh, I think what happens is, is is a lot of people don't understand the importance of masturbation. So masturbation gives you the opportunity to really explore your body and understand what feels good to you. And once you understand what feels good to you, you can communicate that to your partner and show them what you like. But so often people feel shame touching their own bodies. Right. They really do. They They really, really do. And to be open and be adventurous. Whatever that adventure looks like for you. I just did a post, as a matter of fact, talking about getting freaky, whatever that is, looks like for you. So, you know, being adventurous from you may be not having sex in the bedroom, instead having sex on the steps in the living room. You know, whatever that looks like with you, add novelty to your sex life. And communicate. Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> that's the gross one. Oh my god <laughs> i'm telling you I, I you know my thing is is that i often tell people i said okay you're willing to put your mouth on genitals mm-hmm. you're willing to lick you you're, you're willing to ingest your partner's fluids 
you're willing to um, place your body parts inside or take someone inside, but you're not willing to tell your partner to the left, softer. Right. I prefer it like this. <laughs> There's something or, fundamentally wrong with this. Yeah, or even just a general conversation, like not yes. even in the bedroom, just the in general conversation, like, hey, yeah. how's yes. it going? How's it going? <laughs> yes, <Heidi>, yes. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes there's a lot of help, you know, trying to help people use their voice and communicate, but it's tough for some people. Sure. <laughs> well, just looking at your Instagram account, it seems like that that concept of communication, even that word communication pops up a lot that people constantly seem to have to have, be reminded of that. Right. Constantly, 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 because oftentimes we have expectations of our partners and we think that they should know They we think that they should know how to please us. We think that they should know when we want sex. They think that we should know when they don't want, sex. you know, instead of saying, Hey, I like, I would enjoy it if you do, XYZ, or I loved it when you did this, you know, or I felt like this when you did this particular thing. Mm -hmm. We have to communicate. We and if you if you don't communicate your needs and wants and desires, you're never going to get it. Right. You're not going to get it. So there is so much conversation that I'm constantly talking to people about. You must communicate. You must use your voice. Makes sense. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> Do you recommend music being played oh, in the background yeah. at all? Oh yeah, oh yes. I think that you know some people may find it distracting. Some people may find it wonderful. Because I play yakety sax usually. <laughs> Are you thinking more like a Sade or Afternoon Delight? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I mean. Man. I mean, you can maybe add a little role play to that song. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we can make it work, Lou. We can make it work. <laughs> For more on Coach Kane or to book an appointment, check her out on Instagram. She is at sexcoachkane, and she's also got some great advice there, too. For more Y content, including behind the scenes, additional photos and video, as well as outtakes, visit whythepodcast.com. And please leave us a review on iTunes. It'll help other folks find us and join our cult. The more cult members you bring in, the better your seat will be on the mothership. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and even LinkedIn. Today's show was produced by myself and Heidi Hedquist. Our reluctant executive producers are John Sove and Sandy Stone. Our graphic designer is Samantha Mustonen. Our intern is Randy Jeanette. The theme song was performed by the Electrosensno Magnetic Polyphonic Orchestra. This one's for Philippe. Thanks for joining us. Flash, we're coming home. <laughs>